Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This is The Back Pew. Thank you for listening to us today, wherever, however you may be listening. I am Caesar, and as always, I am joined with Justin and Nick. Today, we have another great show in store for you guys today. Today, we will be discussing a little bit about leadership in the church. What are the roles? What are the qualifications? And with that being said, enjoy the ride. Enjoy the show. Welcome to The Back Pew. Here we go. Nice. We nice. nailed that one. We got that. That was like the third time we've tried that. Yeah. We should just put that in there, you know, just like, oh, yeah, we, we didn't mess up. We, yeah, we won. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. You get better with all these practices. You guys have no idea how many times we tried that before we got it right. <laughs> I know, right? Well, I think I think this week, this week's a little bit, you know, more centered around Nick, I think, because I think oh, he's boy. got more answers than I do or... I know that that Caesar's been asking, and yeah, and we've been we've been trying to do some research on this. But, but uh, yeah, we today we're going to talk about qualifications. So my first thing is, um, how do you what how do you get here? Where if I wanted to become a leader in the church, what do I have to start off with? Where do I start? Like, what, what kind is, of leader do you want to be? Oh, do you so want to be? Well, what's do you the be, is there a basic one? Because I know that the preacher. Basically, the pastor right now is kind of considered the top right now, right? Like the main leader, because you're over there preaching the word, kind of there. I mean, could be. Okay, could, could be. be. Okay, so It is in some churches. Right. Yes. So what are the levels beneath that? Where's the starting point, you know? Where do we start? What is the, the first leadership role that you can take in a church? Is there one? I think that depends on the church. <laughs> okay. Right? So that's yeah, that's a good one. that's a good question. I mean, some churches, you know, they take they have leadership roles or like, you know, they have different areas of service you can serve in. Like I started in in college ministry because that was my age group, right? So I just took a group of you know, older teenagers and said, Hey, we're going to get together and have a Bible study and we're going to do, you know, spiritual things and we're going to go do things together. And that, that was kind of my, it was like an unofficial like role of, you know, so like for myself that I am new to the church, learning the Bible, I'm starting off, but I kind of want to get into the leadership role. I'm just saying, I'm not saying I am, but I'm just getting an example, right? Sure. Sure. Where would I start? What do, where, what level do I begin with? Do I begin with like, talking to certain group do i begin by having a specific role within the church where do we so start I, what, like in our church let's just so, let's stick to ours right sure now. sure i think i think what's uh it depends on where you feel that you fit right it goes back to the conversation that we had about talents and gifts and things like mm, that yeah right because everybody not everybody's going to be the big toe not everybody's going to be an eye or an ear right but there are lots of those people and so uh, being a leader doesn't necessarily mean you're the preacher. Doesn't necessarily mean that you're the one doing the Sunday school class, right? Okay. It could mean that you have qualifications of running a business and you just are, have a knack for running businesses, right? Mm-hmm. That's a different role, but it's still you could still be a leader in that, right? Because there are other people who have no clue about business, right? Right. So it's just where you can contribute something. Sure. Right. And I, I think, think that's so. a good point. It, it does start with figuring out w- what your gift is. So like ask yourself, like, what is, what am I good at? What do, what do I enjoy? What am I passionate about? What do I love? You know, um, for me, it was kind of easy because I was naturally just drawn to like, I just, I, I loved, I loved Jesus. And I, and I thought everybody, everybody needs to know this. Everybody, like everybody I can come in contact needs to know they need to, I have to talk about God. Like I can't not talk about what I learned. So it was, it was easy for like, I wouldn't say it was easy, but it was, it was natural for me. For you, you know? to talk about God. And so you knew you wanted to uh, kind of explain the word better kind I, of deal, right? right. The I didn't think I was going to be a preacher. Like I'll tell you that much right okay. now. So Even for, when I went to school, like I didn't think I was so going to be. So for you who wanted to be a preacher, where would you begin then? What, what was, the, what is the starting point? If you want to be on the road to be a preacher, where, what's step number one? In in today's modern society, going to a seminary or so Bible like, college. Again, let's just say, is that where you start? Yeah, like a Bible college. Yeah. Is there like a website or is there a specific uh, like There's, college that I have to go to? Like right. That's maybe in a certain city, town or 
specific one? So there are different like theological seminaries, like there's Dallas Theological Seminary, then there's um, Denver Theological Seminary, then there's uh, brotherhood schools like Bear Valley Bible Institute of Denver, there's Memphis School of Preaching, there's Sunset Biblical Institute, there's then there's Freed Hardeman University, Harding University. Like these are all schools that got their start with teaching people the Bible, like come here if you want an education in scripture so that you can go out and do the and work do the same with, thing. yeah, with, with, with good, with, with knowledge to do it. Right. right? Cause they uh, have a certain way of teaching you this stuff, right? Uh, I mean, it, yeah. Yeah. But uh, is any, do I have to be physically present? In some instances, yeah. You used to have to be fully present. You used to have to be like... Yeah, but where today's technology is possible to do it. I mean, you can go, yeah, well, you can go do mean, it online if you want so, to. So my the way that you presented it right now, no offense, but it seems like if you take that example and you go back in time, that's the same thing that basically Paul was doing, right? So he was right. training underneath somebody else who was already doing it, and he was explaining here's what to do, right? And learning all the different aspects of mm-hmm. the the religion so that he had the knowledge to go and preach or in mm-hmm. his case in the beginning was to tear down the the Christians right mm-hmm. or before they were Christians the way yeah. so I mean that makes sense to me but but, but then it, it, then if you asked another question which would be okay well okay what if it is what if I'm not a preacher right what if I that's not my role because I never I don't think I don't know. Whenever I think of the preacher, I don't think of the person who's supposed to be leading the church personally. Mm. Um, but, but who do you think should be leading the church? Well, I think the church is not the preacher. He, well, the, the the preacher is supposed to teach. Okay. Yeah, he's kind of like the teacher, right? Okay. And so, if you look at it like a school system, I don't think our school system is the best. The way that school systems are structured, <laughs> but the teacher isn't the one who's in charge, right? Right. It's like. The print, well, you have a the prince, principal, superintendent, stuff. right? And so then you have, then you principal? have a committee of people who say, okay, this is this is this is the stuff that we're going to learn, uh-huh. right? And then they give the information to the teacher, and the teacher di- digests that information, mm-hmm. decides how to present that mm-hmm. to whatever grade level you're at. Okay, which is the same thing I think a preacher should do. You should understand, you know, here's where my congregation understands. This is the level that they're at. I'm going to preach at that level so that they understand that we can communicate. And grow together. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you have a congregation who's the kindergarten level, then you have to like teach at kindergarten level. You can't teach it. Call <laughs> Dumb it, it down level, for right? me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it's kind of funny. Like you, you don't, you don't have to go to school to be a preacher. Oh, like, you, you don't. don't have to, you don't have to. Right. Like, like there's no, there's no official like document that says, or there's no official passage of scripture that says you have to go to a Bible college well, yeah, to become a preacher, right? That's, like, so, that wasn't done back in the days, but now it's right. It's different, right. right? But I, that's why I said, that's why I prefaced it with in modern society. Like that is, that is what, that is what churches want to see. They want to see that their minister, their preacher, their teacher mm-hmm. is well-educated. Right. Okay. Um, and they, they want to see, you know, I mean, well educated, I well spoken, I, and I would say that it starts even lower than just like wanting to attend a school. I would say that it starts with a desire to do so, right? Um, do you desire to do that kind of work? Like, that's why that's why I started out with, "What do you think your gift is?" Right? Whereas, like we when we talked about this before, Justin would say, "You know, he's like, I'm not the sniper, but I'm the guy that." you know, can buy you bullets and give you bullets, you know, mm-hmm. I may not be, you know, or I may not be the, the ankle, but I might be a pinky toe. Yeah. So I can do something. Right. <laughs> well, I, mean, um, I really like the military analogy, right? If, if I'm not the sniper, why should I stop the sniper from sniping if he's good at it? Right. 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 Yeah, I've got other talents that he might not be good at. Like, dude, I'm really good at reloading. How about if I reload those bullets for or you? you? Fix the, the vehicles. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right. What you do naturally. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's right. easy enough for, I'm really good at that. Do you know how to do that? No, no problem. I'll take care of it. You don't worry about it. You just keep driving. Right. Right. So th- I think that's, that's one of the things that the church needs to learn how to do. Right. As a whole is, okay, let's figure out what everybody's good at and find a spot that you feel comfortable getting into and then do it or ask if you could do it. And then when you're, when you're working through that, maybe you get to a point where you're like, yeah, no, I know how to do this good enough. I'm going to teach somebody else, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to show somebody else that has the same sort of gift so that they don't fall in the same pitfalls that I did, right? Like a, a father teaches their son. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think that's supposed to, that's supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be, 
uh, I made this mistake. Don't make this mistake. Right. It's the same thing. Like if, if I'm teaching somebody how to change the front a arms on the car, right. I've done it a few times. I know how to do it. There's some things that you might want to know that I learned the hard way, right? Like taking the springs off the, the shocks, if it's a, the coilover, right? I just know because I've done it a bunch of times that if you just watch somebody on the internet and made an assumption, you're probably going to make a mistake, right? Right, yeah. And so that's how it's you're supposed to kind of pass it down. That's 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 the idea. Okay. Yeah. I see. No, I think that's I think that's a good model. I think I think but I think a lot of times, you know, we especially in this day and age, it's you know, it's important to churches and congregations to be, you know, to have an educated minister. And I and I get that, right? I, I understand I understand that. Um, because some people you have to teach how to communicate. You have to teach how to you know, we live in a world that's biblically illiterate. And if we're not willing to acknowledge that, we're foolish. Mm-hmm. So yes, we need to you know, in a sense, not water it down, but put it on a level that, you know, they yeah. can grab it, right? Relate to some topics that, you know, oh, yeah, I, I understand this topic. And then you kind of try to mesh it together in this sense, right? So, right. Like, so Jerry used to, Jerry has this saying that he says, he says, if you put it down where the cows can get it, the cows will get it too, right? And the idea being that if, it, you know, if you were to look at it like a tree, right, there are branches that are too high for little animals to get that fruit, right, to to get some kind of nourishment, right? But the cows might get it. So if the fruit is lower, then they can get it. It's not, it's not, it's not watering it down. I've heard people say that before, like, oh, yeah, you can't water down the word. And I agree. You shouldn't water down the word. You should hold people to a standard and an expectation, you know, as as Jesus followers and disciples that they need to be studying their word. But sometimes you have to make it make it relatable to someone who to understand what the word is trying to say. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So why did Jesus speak in parables? Right. Is kind of the question you could ask. Right. Why did Jesus make these certain illustrations? Why in Matthew chapter six did as I think Jesus is brilliant in doing in, in doing what he did. He said, you know, when he talked about anxiety at the end of Matthew chapter six, you know, he uses three different illustrations. Right. He says, don't worry about what you eat. You're going to wear, you're going to eat, you're going to drink. And then he illustrates those three things by saying, look at the, look at the birds of the air. They don't mm-hmm. worry about what they're going to eat. Mm-hmm. Look at the, look at the lilies of the field. They don't worry about how they're going to be they're how, how they're going to be clothed. Right. You know, don't worry about what you're going to eat and drink. And so he illustrates this so that the people standing in the audience are going to grasp that really simple concept. Right. Don't worry. Why? Well, look at nature. Okay. You want to know why you shouldn't worry about what you're going to get? Look at nature. So I think Jesus is brilliant in, in that you, you know, you have to bring it down to their level, right? So that's, that's the other side of things, right? You might have somebody who's naturally just good at taking something that's really complex and making it really simple. And you might have somebody who's, you know, a high character individual who may fit the role of a leader, right? They might have the qualities to say, well, it's like they don't, um, they don't get themselves entangled in, you know, the types of sin that lead to death, right? They don't get themselves in the, entangled in the practice in their high character individual. People look to them, you know, in their example. And that's the kind of in- individual that you want in a leadership position, high mm-hmm. character individual. Gotcha. Sure, gotcha. But, but I think aside from preachers, uh, are there any other leadership roles in the church that require some sort of schooling? Yeah, like I know we have shepherds too, right? So, or other churches have deacons and stuff. So, do they need qualifications? Elders? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, they they don't they don't have schooling, which you know I've talked with other instructors, you know my professors at school and stuff. I said, yeah, elders should be, you know, elders should go to school to learn how to elder. You right. know, like well, that's what I'm. So what's the but they rules? Don't. But they don't. So so the rules start in. I guess, you know, when Paul is writing to Timothy, right? In the book of Timothy, he writes this letter to Timothy as he leaves him in Ephesus or sends him to Ephesus. And he's warning them in chapter one about people who are giving themselves to fruitless things. He says, don't be involved in it, right? Don't let their talk make make you focus on defending the things that they're saying because anybody who listens to it is going to know that it's fruitless, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes on to list that these individuals are actually elders, leaders in the church that are subscribing 
to these myths and endless genealogies when they should be focusing on just following Jesus and shepherding people. So elders are teachers in the church, but the real key here um, in the book of Timothy, and I say it was the key verse of the entire book, right? So why, why does Paul write the book of Timothy? Well, he tells us in 14 through 16, I am writing these things to you, hoping to come to you before long. But in case I am delayed, I write so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and support of the truth. Okay. So he tells us why he's writing this lesson. Now, if you go back and you go, okay, all right. So chapter two, he talks about men's roles, women's roles. And then chapter three, he talks about elders roles, deacons roles. He, and then he tells us why he's writing those things. Could you tell us what the roles are? What, well, I wouldn't say they're rules. Okay, so no, roles. let me, let me, roles, roles. roles. Yes. okay. Roles. So, so <laughs> I, like I thought you said rules. rules. I was like, there's not really rules. No, no, okay. no rules. Now, there are some there's people. There's lots of rules, but no roles. Okay. We're talking about roles here. Right, so there are some people that argue. Some butter and I think butter would be great on a roll. Butter? Yeah. A butter roll. Are you nice, hungry or nice something? Oh, man. <laughs> some jelly. <laughs> no, Just I don't. Have, I, don't have, I don't have anything for you, bro. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, okay. <laughs> so uh, some people will argue that the the list given in First Timothy three one through seven is a list of qualifications, right? Like they would say that like you have to meet these certain things, right? They would say, okay, here are the here are here's what you need to do in order to be qualified for this role, okay. but. I don't think that's what Paul's saying. I think Paul is describing a, the character in which a leader is supposed to be if he's supposed to lead the church. Sure. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So he starts here, right? And he says, it is a trustworthy statement. If any man aspires the office of overseer, overseer, bishop, um, elder, mm-hmm. inter- interchangeable here. Okay. But the thing you have to know about this is when he says overseer, it's a... And I think we talked about this in episode eight with Jovan. Uh, if you haven't listened to that one, go listen to it because Jovan delves into this a little bit more. But there are two words for elder in the Greek. Um, and he would say three, but I'm going to focus just on two here. The first one is the Greek word presbutero, which just means an older man, right? It's just talking about an older individual. The second one is episkopos, which is like a shepherd. So it's an individual. So right here, he, he says, uh, he says, if anyone aspires, right, or desires the office of overseer or bishop, it is a fine work he desires to do. An overseer uses the same word, um, episkopos. Then he must be, here's the first, here's the one, here's the one quality, or, or there, actually there's two qualities here, but this is the first quality that we're looking at, above reproach. You guys know what that means? To be above reproach? No. Nay. <laughs> like a, like a, um, like, okay, uh, like, um, how do I describe it? Because <clears throat> I don't even know how to describe it, so um, don't listen to me any. <laughs> <laughs> describe it the best um, way you can. So, Above reproach is like to okay. Did he do anything? Did he do anything that was out uh, that was out of moral line? I think is the best way to describe it. So what what's the moral line, right? Then he tells us. Um, he says, a one woman man, temperate, prudent, respectable, hospitable, able to teach or skilled in teaching, not addicted to wine or pugnacious, but gentle, peaceable, free from the love of money. Okay. Well, I mean that's kind of the definition of it, right? I mean, if <laughs> I know. I looked it up. <laughs> so, like, okay, meaning the over the person is free from sinful habits mm-hmm. and behaviors that yep. would Im- impede him him overseeing somebody else, right? So, somebody say so. So, if somebody's a, a, you know appointed an elder, right, or there's you know the church decides, okay, we're going to po- appoint this man to be our shepherd, and someone comes out and says, ah, uh, uh, no, 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 no. Um, you know, he, he's been, you know, married multiple times or he, no, he's, he may put on a good show at church, but he's, he's really a drunkard. His neighbor told me, you know what I'm saying? So, so there, so that's important to, uh, (laughs) to recognize too, right. That somebody actually saw him uh, behaving in an inappropriate manner that disqualifies, that would disqualify him, that would make him ineligible 
sure. to to. I think that would also, if you did it that way, you would have to follow the same rule that it would be like two or more witnesses. Right. That's in First Timothy chapter five. Mm-hmm. Right. So there it says that someone cannot bring an accusation against an elder except with two or three witnesses. So my instructor in school would describe it as like, if you see an elder in the back of a car cheating on his wife, unless there are two or three people that see it, you can't bring, you can't bring an accusation on them. Now I don't know what Paul's influence in saying that is it's, might be something old it's Testament. It's just old Testament. Okay. It's, it, that's what the, what God was telling Moses about uh, after he gave him the 10 commandments and he was going through all the different rules that the people needed to follow. Uh, a lot of the rules, if it was murder or something like that, it was always it always on the testimony of of two or more witnesses. Mm-hmm. It can't just yeah. be one person saying, "I saw this guy do it," right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not just murder that was like that. There's a lot of other other things that are similar to that, like uh, like stealing. If you took somebody's or you moved somebody's boundary stone, mm-hmm. right? There has to be somebody that, okay, I saw it, move it. No, this is where it was, right? Somebody else has to be a witness to mm-hmm. it. Um, and then if you look at, if you look at uh, after Exodus, whenever they're leaving and, you know, the calls, it calls for the 70 elders or 74 elders. Um, I mean, during that time, that was the first time that it was really mentioned was in Exodus there. And, and it was just basically the older people in the group, right? So... Mm-hmm. It was the older people of each one of the tribes, and there were sub subsets in each one of the tribes. So it ended up being around seventy-four people or whatever, seventy-two. Can't right. remember it's four or two. Sorry, uh, but yeah, th- those are the those are the ones that were in charge of or, you know, looking over that family group, mm-hmm. uh, right. and or that last basically that last name, right? So if you all had the last name, and he's the one who's like. 65 years old he's the oldest one in the group he's the wisest he's the one in charge of the group right and so that's what the elder was it mm-hmm. was just the older and i think that goes back to uh what you're seeing in second timothy with that description that you're you're saying yeah, yeah. that's what it was back then too was just the older man that was in charge of the total group mm-hmm. but it had to be someone like you were saying it was somebody who had you know he's not obviously not some sort of drunkard not not somebody who's who's basically two-faced right Right. Yes. Those uh, are the qualifications, right? Right. Right. That's still. I think those qualifications still hold true uh, back to the Old Testament. Now, I can't prove that because it doesn't document it that way. Right. But if you take it from Paul, who's the one who's saying it, that's. I believe that's where he's getting that from. He's not just getting it from the top of his head. Right. Right. That's you know? what. I, that's what I would think. I would think that that there's some there's an Old Testament influence here that I think is pretty important to pay attention to. Caesar, do you have a question? Well, kind of. So um, you were saying that Paul was being taught by somebody how to preach or something like that earlier? No. no? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, um, no. I mean, he was when he when he was a Pharisee. He was he studied under Gamaliel. Um, who that's was, that's like, what I was, was saying. Because if he was, was being taught, I want to know who was teaching him. Right. And I think that's in. Let me he said sure. what? Yeah. Pharisee. Yes, it was a Pharisee. So it was a it was it was probably just another preacher or a priest uh, from that time. Right, that's what it would have been. I guess it's a little rabbit hole because now I'm going to say, okay, well then, who taught that person? Okay, so if you go back to, if you go all the way back in the Old Testament, I would suggest looking at more like uh, Samuel, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and whenever he he was before he was born, right? The priest before him uh, was the one who taught him, right? And I think this is the same sort of situation with with Paul, right? So what had happened? What would happen is that you would be dedicated to the Lord if you were the firstborn. And some people would actually dedicate their kid to the church. And so that church, that person would be working in the church, learning with the priest, the high priest, and he would be taught from the scrolls. He would be reading the scrolls. And then if he was, if he was a beyond reproach kind of a person like this, then yeah, then he would become the judge of the, of the people. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, I think that's what was going on what we're talking about here with, with, with Paul, who he was, he was studying under that person. That means that Paul was, Paul was studying just like Samuel, right? Where he's learning the word, he's learning what it's supposed to be, how it's supposed to be done, who's supposed to do it, right? All the different rules. And then that's, that's how you learn. Somebody else is teaching you. Gotcha. So it was common for a rabbi in Jesus day to have disciples, people who were studying under him to become 
like him, right? So it wasn't an uncommon practice, right, for a for a teacher of the law or a rabbi to have pupils, right, um, to have people that were studying and learning under him, trying to become like him, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, I, I, you know, it wasn't so like this is when you look at the gospels and you go, okay, well, was well, why why wasn't there any shock and awe that Jesus had disciples? Well, because it was a common practice, right, among among Jewish teachers, and so. Excuse me. Um, Paul had Paul, like the rest of the teachers of the law, had a had a rabbi who taught him how to be like that, and that individual was Gamaliel. Um, and he's mentioned in Acts chapter four, mm-hmm. I remember right, talking about the movement of Christians and saying, "Well, if this really is a true movement, then it will live on. If this is from the kingdom of God, it'll live on. If it's not, it'll die. Okay. Right? It'll go away. Right. So, um, yeah." All right. So, um, kind of maybe you did answer it, but I maybe didn't pay attention. But I, I know that we talked about the preacher is kind of basically you're gonna teach me the word, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. There, so, there are no quali- real quali- biblical qualifications for a preacher. What, can you tell me what the job of a deacon would be then within the church? What exactly is a deacon? A deacon is a servant. The word is literal, uh, literally uh, minister. But what does he do? Um, he serves in a in a particular capacity. Uh, or, or particular ministry. Um, so like a good example of this is Acts chapter six. Um, if you go over there and you look at what was happening in that time, um, the Hebrew, the Hellenistic Jews. Okay. So it says now this time the disciples were increasing in number and a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in daily food. So the 12 summoned the congregation and the, of the disciples and said, it is not desirable us for it is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, select among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, and of wisdom, whom may be put in charge. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. This statement found approval of the congregation, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Philip, uh, I don't know how Pro, Prochorus, Nick Canner, they uh, Timon. Parmenas, Nicholas, and a proselyte from Antioch. So they selected these individuals to take care of this one particular mm-hmm. problem or need, right? Right, right. And that's the role of a deacon. But a deacon has similar qualifications as or or quality has to have certain. Right, you need to meet the same, the, some of the same qualifications. Yeah, at the end of the day, you. <clears throat> In order to be a leadership role, you need to meet these qualifications, no matter if you're the preacher, the sure. deacon, or the shepherd, or meet the characteristics. Elder, yeah. You meet these characteristics, right? Meet the qualities. But then does that mean that the deacon and like a shepherd, are they the same thing? But no. like, no, because they're doing different things, right? So, okay, so roles. the deacon, so el- elders are like shepherds, right? So, like, think of a, think of a, of a sheep uh, of a real shepherd right like mm-hmm. what is a what does a shepherd do well a shepherd guides the flock he protects the flock he moves the flock he leads the flock he makes sure that all of them are you know healthy if they're hurt he helps them right okay so nowadays our current shepherds should be out there kind of reaching should they be reaching out to us and checking in like hey yeah la, 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 you yes. know okay okay so that's the shepherd's role right. then reach out right. and make sure everybody and for cool. the most part the the shepherds at Tulare are doing that work mm-hmm. um you just okay. you just may not see it they are reaching so, out to people they are in people's lives they're doing a great so job. then what is the deacon in our church kind of like in charge of then because uh, I, I know you you read and I saw I, I get the biblical text, but what is their job right now then? Well, what they're so doing? a bunch of different things, right? It depends so what the, the church so needs. Let me, well, let me yeah, just it depends give... on the need of the church. Okay. So let's say I don't know. I'm just gonna guess. Okay. So forgive me if I'm wrong, but let's say somebody decides, hey, you know what? We want to do an outreach to, uh, to donate hot dogs. We're gonna have a hot dog cook at the at the park. Okay. So we need somebody to set it up. Uh, and make sure that it's legal for us to go to the park and have a barbecue. And uh, we need somebody to go and, and figure out how to get that into the newspaper, right? And so then somebody who has wisdom to do that, that is able to do that, that's not necessarily the preacher, not necessarily the elder or the uh, Shep- the shepherd, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. that person has that capability, and then he takes and he goes and he does that. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah, gotcha, yeah. So like gotcha. we have we have two we have two deacons yeah. at, at the Tulare Church, right? Yeah. We have Ira. Ira's a deacon, mm-hmm. and he's the deacon of education. So he takes care of 
what kind of curriculum are we going to teach? Um, who are going to be our teachers? Um, who's on the, you know, who's on the roster to teach certain classes? Um, he takes care of all of that, right? So that the elders, they don't have to worry about that, right? But there's this, have I said this saying before? There's a, there's a saying in the church, right? Um, the preacher does the elders work, the elders do the deacons work and the deacons have nothing to do. Have you ever heard that before? Yeah. It's kind of funny, but it's true because it a lot of times because <laughs> people lot, get confused on their roles. Right. And a lot of times the people expect the preacher to be the one out visiting the preacher to be the one out, you know, taking care of, you know, things of the, you know, taking care of people, hurting in people. When in reality, our job is to preach the word. Our job is to go out and make contact with people who don't know Jesus and bring them in. Right. So we're in, in that sense, we're kind of like sheepdogs, right? We're kind of like, you know, we're first contact. There's an enemy. We're first contact. Hey, El, Hey shepherds, there's something coming in here to disturb the sheep, divide the sheep. Hey, you got to protect. There's only so much I can do. I can bark at it, but you can mm-hmm. stop it. Right. 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 Got so, you. so it's a good, it's a good, it's a good example of, you know, of that kind of thing. Nice. Okay. Well, is that cleared up for you? (laughs) Thank you for getting it down to my level (laughs) for sure. So my next question actually is, um, why do, is there a certain model or layout for the church to look at? Cause why are some buildings so enormous? And then some buildings are just like these little, little houses. Is there like a certain structure or as long or some of them actually have crosses everywhere. Some have like glass, you know, around it. Is it just a certain preference on that certain church or is it like how the building came or did someone have like an architecture uh, design? How did these buildings come to be how they look right now? Because I've seen a whole bunch of different looking ones. Caesar, what are you asking? So is there are a you standard? asking are church buildings biblical? Are they biblical? Yes, actually. Are they? Is, is it? I don't know. That's what question. Are they? Caesar's got a question. We open this can of worms. Well, okay, so <laughs> yeah, does this, does the Bible say that the church a can has of worms? No. thing has to be this no. certain way. No. Okay. No. no. The short answer is no. No. All right. No. But 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 in my I, opinion, Nick's probably got a different answer than I do, which I think will be an interesting one. Okay, so oh, my oh. answer is no. It's not biblical. The 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 building uh, as the church building. No. I, there's no instructions on it. The only instructions that are given for a building was was uh, from God to Moses on how to do the tabernacle and what the dimensions of that would be. And then a second one after that was when God gave the, gave the information to David on how to build his uh, his synagogue, right? Basically, giant mm-hmm. giant synagogue for God to to be to, for it to be his footstool uh, for him to to be there with his people. That's the second time he gave information on how to build a building for him, for God. Mm. Uh, but after that, no, there's no instruction on how to build a building. However, if you if you steal from the Old Testament, which obviously Paul does a lot, and I I think you have to kind of go back in time and think about okay, what was it, what were they doing? What was the purpose? I do think that a congregation or a coming together in a in a building is something that is good for the body of Christ. So whether that be your house or a church or a basketball stadium or <laughs> right. A gymnasium. Sure. I don't, I don't think that part of it matters Okay. because, because what happened when Christ died is he took away that, um, that separation between the priest and the people. Okay. I know. <laughs> You're looking at me funny, so I'll, I'll explain a little more. What I mean is, when when Christ died, he, if you look, he's described as being in the order of Melchizedek, meaning that he was in the order of a priest that didn't have a lineage. So that means there's a changing of a guard, meaning new rules. Okay, what does that mean? Well, the priest could only go into the most high place probably about once a year and not and only when he atoned for the sins for the people and then also atoned for sins that maybe he did or did not commit. And that's whenever they, that's the term the scapegoat. So they would, they would place those sins on the scapegoat, the scapegoat would leave. And then that most high priest was, would be able to go in into the most high holy of holy places where the, the actual uh, Ark of the covenant was. And then even then they would tie string to him. And then he would have bells on his clothes so that if he 
fell over and died in there because he didn't atone for sins like he was supposed to, then they could drag him out without being uh, also, uh, you know, sinful by going into the most holy place. And so it, it's it's a, a holy of holies is is what Jesus when he died he broke that old covenant and that old rule that you couldn't meet with God because that's what that meant going into the most holy of holy places. No longer do you have to have you can only do it once a year, but you can do it whenever you want by Jesus because Jesus is that most high priest that's sitting at the right hand of God. So now, now you have that ability to go back and forth, which is why I'm always, I always kind of, I know that it's kind of funny to you guys, but that's, that's why I think that when you're in church or when you're doing stuff for God, it's important to be, you know, you have to realize who you're dealing with. You, you're going to the most holy of holy places. You're right next to God, right? How much honor and respect does that take? Right. That's interesting. That's an interesting take. So that's your Old Testament take, right? Like, yeah. okay, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, and I, and I think it is because we know, we know that, you know, there were synagogues and that's where the people of God would meet on the Sabbath when they weren't meeting in, when they weren't meet, when they weren't going to the temple to offer sacrifices, right? They had synagogues where they read scripture and did chants and, you know, that kind of thing, right? And so really that's the model for, I think, even though there's no description in the, in the text of them, as far as I know, I could be completely wrong. But that's where the model the model came from, where the people need to meet. They're meeting on the Sabbath, um, you know. And, um, but in New Testament Christianity, that wasn't the case, right? In New, in the New Testament, right? They says, well, and, and you can kind of you kind of get the the idea when you when you read the Book of Acts that they weren't meeting in, you know, in some places they were meeting in synagogues. In some places, like. Um, when Paul goes to Philippi, there was a woman that was um, meeting with other women by the riverside because in the Old Testament, that's where they were commanded to meet if there was no place of worship, right? Uh, by the river. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, there's uh, no river. Huh? What by a river, river. By ever a river, right? Somewhere by a river. Do we have a river here? Yeah, I'm just trying to reference it like if, what if it was now in days like a, and there was no building? What would be their closest Saint River? John, St. John's River. Uh, like right now know, towards us. Because yeah, that well, would be the closest one, I okay. think, right? Okay. Um, or, you know, the river up by up above Kuiya. I'm going to have mm-hmm. to look into that. I, I, I don't remember. Here, let me find the reference for you. I I I know where it is, but I... But I thought it was. I thought it was interesting. That was that one was just. I'm trying to call you out or anything. I just. I'm just not sure where no. that is. No, let me see. Uh, it's in. Uh, is it? It's not Act 16, is it? Hold on a second here. Um, so he's getting chased around. Yeah, there it is. Come on, where are you? That's 16, 13, Corn? 15. Is it? Is it 16, 13, 15? Well, that's where it talks about Does where talk the, about? the city and went down. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. That's it. I mi- I just missed prayer it. Meeting. Prayer meeting by uh, by the river. Right. When the place of prayer, we sat down speaking to the women who had assembled, like when there was no, I think it was when there were no men available to lead. Yeah, I'm not, you know. Yeah, I'm not, I second. don't know enough about that. Uh, let me see here. Hold on. There's got to be a, there is a, there is an Old Testament reference. I just don't remember. I thought there was a. Well, we'll find it later. Right, um, but, but, but Acts sixteen was, thirteen is, I think, the reference. Yeah, yeah, that's the re- that's the reference to, um, yeah. And on the Sabbath day, they went outside the gate to the to a riverside where we were supposing that there would be a place of prayer, and we sat down and began speaking to the women who had assembled. Right, it was a practice of Jewish people. Right, but that, that's the interesting thing. Right, that's the like there is no biblical model for church buildings. Right. Um, church buildings have just become a thing. I don't know how far back they go, but I would assume it starts It starts with the synagogues, right? Yeah, it starts sure. with, you know, um, Jewish people who are scattered throughout the land looking for a place to meet with other Jewish people and the creation of... Yeah, and I'm sure there's probably synagogues that right. probably just converted to Christianity as a Christianity or the way, right. depending on when it took sure. place, and the people just started meeting there instead. Yeah. Right. I would assume that's what Christians did. They made it so. So, and the reason that I say I assume that is if you go to James chapter two and you look at um, 
when Paul starts, or when when Paul, because uh, we talk about Paul a lot, um, we start talking when he starts talking um, about the sin of partiality. He says, "My brethren, do not hold your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ when the attitude of personal favoritism. For if a man comes into your assembly, guess what word that is under assembly? Guess. What do you mean? Guess what word? Guess what word? Guess what Greek word assembly oh, is? Greek word for assembly." I don't know. What? Synagogue. Oh. Really? Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, and this is a very Jewish letter. James is probably the earliest written letter we have from, from an apostle, right? It's the earliest, it's the earliest letter. I mean, I don't know where you could put a date, but it's probably around the same time we see the gospel of Mark being produced, right? When Peter's in Rome and it's, it's coming out and people are, and so he says, when for if a man comes into your synagogue, right, your assembly, um, with a gold ring dressed in fine clothes, and there also comes a poor man in dirty sure, clothes, sure, sure. right? So, so, and there's a couple of times where he talks about the idea of the assembly, right, being the synagogue, being the place of where they meet, right? Especially in Jerusalem, this would be particularly prominent because there were large numbers of synagogues in that area well, too, right? Well, you got to remember too, kind of tying it into what I was saying, it, you don't need to go to Jerusalem anymore. There is no need for any no, more sacrifices because no. the, the ultimate sacrifice has already been paid. Right. So it would just be synagogues that were mm-hmm. left over. Yeah. Or like in Acts 20, it says they were meeting in an upper, they were meeting in, in somebody's house, house. In, yeah. in somebody's house, right? Right. There was the young man, Eutychus, who was listening to Paul's long, long sermon. And it falls over. <laughs> falls out the window yeah. and dies, right? And then Paul resurrects. Yeah, it's really, it's crazy. Yeah, you got to go read that, CJ. You got wide eyes, bro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. You're learning all this stuff for the first time. Yeah, no, yeah. I learned a lot from yeah, this felt, podcast. He, Paul right. was going on and on in one of his long speeches. It's literally what it says. He's yeah. Going on and on. <laughs> wow. And then the kid was like passed out asleep, fell off the balcony landed in the concrete like on the floor and everybody's like oh no he's dead and paul rushes over there and lies down on him and then don't worry he's okay get him something to eat and then he ate and then that was it yeah. <laughs> back to you're, life. you're good all right yeah you're good all right let's keep going. I, I got the hint i'll cut so, it short no he didn't he kept going <laughs> oh after that yeah, yeah he kept going after that and then after he stayed up all night preaching then he walked instead of taking the boat ride back <laughs> Yeah. man right yeah but but they didn't but go, but other than synagogues yeah, just first, think just be like thank goodness jerry doesn't go on that line no, no. <laughs> then, I, then i die he resurrects oh dude so then then he says he he said he died the kid yeah, died, the kid so, died. Yeah. Yeah, and then he got the brought best. back to life yeah, yeah paul brought right. him back to life just so he could finish hearing that message again <laughs> oh man <laughs> <laughs> should have let me go <laughs> the kid's probably like this will be about this week god <laughs> why me <laughs> All right, for sure. Like, yeah, do not be troubled, for his life is in him. <laughs> That's what he says. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you ain't getting away that easy. Yeah, come back. back, come back. Come I back. got more to preach. Yeah, I'm not done. I'm not done. <laughs> Don't die. <laughs> Who can say that? Who can be like, dude? I preach so hard till somebody dies. Somebody had a heart attack in the audience. Man, I know that's crazy. not funny because maybe that might have happened to somebody. But wow. <laughs> What a way to go out, G right. is. So, um, yeah. So, but so just to answer your questions, there right. is the church buildings are not biblical. It's just something that people took the liber- liberties of doing, and it mainly started with the Catholic Church. The Catholic churches were the ones that built cathedrals, these big, beautiful buildings, right. and you know, as a as a, a very very look. Church buildings are not biblical, but they're very practical, right? Um, um, but they're not very per- they're very practical, but they're not very personal, in the sense that. There's a lot of short talk when you or small talk when you go into a church building. Hey, how you doing? Shake somebody's hand. Oh, I'm doing good. Even though you never, you're never going to tell them, you know, from a from a three second encounter that you're struggling with something in your life, right? Mm-hmm. So they're they're very practical, but they're also very impersonal. Um, and this is why this is why we emphasize. This is why I, I like to emphasize, you know, doing small groups because I do think it's more personal, right? It's a little less convenient and a little more a little more purposeful in the sense that you really get to know people when you're meeting in a small group. And I think that's the same sense these early Christians had, right? Was they, well, they knew each had other. to, right? Yes. Cause they're running away from being persecuted and killed. Right. So then you, you ask, okay, well, if the church is being persecuted today, what would it look like? Right. It would probably be a lot more personable, and there would probably be a lot more people in small groups. Yeah. That's where it would be. It would be in people's homes. Right. And, and so, yeah, there's there's just the answer, the short answer to your question before like, we went on that long rabbit. I was I watched something on that. Uh, 
like over in, in North Korea, they, you can't have a Bible. So whenever people do get the Bible, they memorize it as fast as they can. Mm. Right. So whatever those verses are, they just sit there and memorize it and then they give it to the next person so that they can memorize it. Wow. So that's how they, that's how they have their Bible. And then they'll, that's they'll crazy. literally, you know, teach it by word because they can't, they don't have anything written, but they've memorized it. Wow. All right, crazy? Caesar, you got another one? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Sure do. Next one. So let's say, you know, we, we meet the qualifications, right? We're, we're good. You know, we meet everything. Check, 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 check. And I want to hire you or let's say I want to be a deacon or any of these positions. And then I got one elder says, I, I vote for him. But the other one says, no. And then the other one says, yes. I said, no. I said, yes. I said, no. Who gets the final say? How does that, how do you break the tie? Or who, who, who makes the final decision on can you be in this leadership role or not, even though you meet all your criteria? It's a good question. I've never been in that situation before. I think it has to do with the church and how the church does it. Would there be, there are bylaws. It's some churches have bylaws, like so rules that they come up with, with for situations like that, where there's a tie. And then, so if the elders are taking a vote on something and somebody needs a tiebreaker, then they'll bring like the pastor in to break the tie, something like that. But what if they're even numbers? Like say there's, you know, that's why you have, always have odd number of elders. I'm just kidding. Is that a rule or somewhere? Because no, what if it is even? No. Like you have an even amount, well, even with the, had, even okay, with well, the hold pastor. On, hold on, hold on. Let's, okay. let's think about this. If there's four, right, and oh. two say no and two say yes, then uh-huh. you have the pastor, that's five. But what if you have another if one you besides? Have three, yeah. Right? Yeah, if yeah. you have three, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, there, but yeah. Then you have no, yes, no. Or yes, no, yes. Uh, or, got right? you, got you. So got it doesn't you, matter. You. So you're always if you, you always get you always one. have one tiebreaker. Most likely is the the pastor. If you look at, I'm sure churches have bylaws. My guess. Sure, right? but there isn't anything there, there isn't anything in the biblical text about that. No, no. So it's, it's just, just log- church deciding. It's just people thinking that I'm so spewing. What, it what if the pastor does the pastor have a say in it? Like we were saying right now that the three elders, right, and then. They say yes, no, and there's already I voted, but the pastor does he have a say in it too? No. He doesn't have a say. No, because he's not he's not a leader, he's the pastor. But dang, so do I not Unless it's in, so don't look at my pastor as a leader. So, 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 so. And depending hold, on the church type. Hold like on. Who, Before we say that the preacher doesn't have a role in appointing so the preacher may not have a role in appointing deacons, but he does have a role in appointing elders. Let me show you where. Okay. Okay, so go, what if for, it's go an to Titus one. Go to Titus one. If I remember right, this is where this is exactly where it is, right? Um, Titus one verse five. For this reason, I left you in Crete to to set in order what remains and appoint elders in every city as I directed you. So that's Paul's instruction to Titus, who's in Crete. So it's the preacher who, so I know this is weird because, because we don't have preacher, we don't have elder, we no, typically we have elders who install elders, right? That's, I don't know when that became a thing, um, but typically it's the preachers who are installing elders, right? So what if there's that problem then we're trying to get a new elder and we have a, you know, a tie there then, and then the preacher's involved, like. Well, what, what, do you, what do you mean there's a tie there? Well, okay. So let's just say that there is. One wait, we need a new elder. How, how, so, oh, so you're saying like, like, uh, like, uh, like voting or, or oh, yeah, appointing a preacher, appointing a, pre- a preacher when there's already elders in there, or appointing a preacher when there's no elders in there, or appointing a, or a preacher appointing elders when there's no elders. Uh huh. Well, that's yes. what you're talking about. Yes, I'm talking about. I'm talking. That's what I'm saying. I'm talking about. I'm talking about a preacher appointing elders. Yeah. When there's no elders in the congregation. But what if there is elders in the congregation? I, I I mean I'm I'm under the presumption that a that a preacher should still install, because yeah that's, that's what, right? okay so because it's plural because it's that's the thing okay elders. so we have two elder we need a we need a third elder we have two that says no we need a fourth elder we have two that says yes and one that says no and then the preacher comes in and says no so then that's a tie again right but I don't I don't think it comes down to a vote system I think I think I think well I mean and I think I would go by the rule. I would go by by the, base, rule the, 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 the rule of First Timothy. The rule is that right? the preacher. So if somebody speaks up, gotcha. right, and says that this guy look like there are certain people 
that I would be like, Mm-mm, no, I'm not appointing there an elder. They're too controlling or they're too temperamental or they're too, they, they, or, or they fly off the handle. They don't know how to handle themselves right. or they're bad teachers or mm-hmm. they don't care about people or, or, you know, or like, you know, one of the things you would say is like, okay, well, how did he lead his family? Do his kids hate him? Do they love him? What's his relationship with his children? Because his relationship with his children is going to tell you about how, how a lot about how he's going to lead the church. Right. Which is what first Timothy three tells us, right? That's the second part we didn't get to. He manages his household. Well, what what he's saying there is he leads his household well. Right. And then Titus will say the Titus will repeat or or, (laughs) Titus Paul will repeat almost some of the same things that he repeats in first Timothy. If any man is above reproach, the husband of one wife, a one woman man, he, which means literally the phrase you could, you, the, the phrase there could mean he's not a womanizer, right? He's not going around. He's not hugging the sisters inappropriately. He's not divorcing, remarrying, divorcing, remarrying, divorcing, remarrying. You know, he's not. And so they want to make sure he's not a womanizer, right? Having children who believe not accused of dissipation or rebellion for an overseer must be above reproach as God's steward, not self-willed, not, willed, not quick-tempered, not addicted to wine, not pugnacious, not fond of sort of gain, but hospitable, loving what is good, sensible, just, devout, self-controlled, holding fast to the faithful word, which is in accordance with the teaching, so that he will be both able to extort and sound doctrine and to refute those who contradict it. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so there's there's a lot there, right, that you have to consider as, like like in my position, if I was going into a place where there were, there were no elders, I would go, okay, Here's what a lot of people, I I don't know if they do this in other churches, but what they do in our churches is they'll get so hung up on the qualifications that they'll say, well, okay, if a man doesn't have all of his children faithful because of that that verse where he says having children who believe, right, doesn't, is not describing, you know, an elder who has, uh, you know, all of it, it's not saying all of his children have to believe, but how that's another way to describe how did he lead his household? Did he lead his household in the Lord? Did he, did he show his children, Jesus, do his children respect who he is as a man and a character, right? Do or how, how is his wife? How does his wife look at him? Right. How, how's his wife as a, as a woman, right? She's going to be a wife, the wife of an elder, the wife of someone who, who's going to serve in the church. So how, how is his relationship with his wife? Right is another way you could kind of sort of pose that that question. But people will get hung up like, oh, okay, you know, he doesn't have all, all not all his faith, children are faithful, so he can't be an elder. Okay, but that's not a, that's not what the text tells us, Yeah. right? The text doesn't tell us all children who are believing, right? All your children must believe in order for you to be an elder. If, if, a, if, a, if a man is a, of high quality and standing and character, and he's the husband of one wife. He and my and my and he and he meets all of the other criteria. Criteria, in my opinion, what disqualifies what disqualifies it? Yeah. Well, my my question is: Okay, let's say there's an established church, and the pastor leaves, or the pastor is no more, mm-hmm. right? So then, now is it the job of the elders now to find, or whose job is it to find a new preacher? Uh, I would say typically it's the elders. Right. Um, but I, I also believe that the elders should consult the congregation too. Not, you know, you can't, um, but they have to decide what's best for the sheep. That's their job. They're shepherds. That's their job. Who's okay. going to feed us the best. All right. That makes sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and because their, their job is to protect and care for the sheep. Go ahead, Caesar. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's say the ship, the, the shepherds, the elders go ahead and appoint a new preacher mm-hmm. and a congregation is not behind that preacher. Can we overthrow him or how does that work? I don't think he would stay very long. <laughs> no, I know. You know like, what I'm saying? But how like, so we you would we, lose we, your membership too. If people didn't like him. They would just leave. They, they would, would just, just go leave. somewhere but, else. But see, then, but then the, but, that was, that's when the elders uh, need to step in and go. What's well, going? because exactly. before that happens, before that happens, because what if I leave and you never know why I left? It's right, because the elder, I don't like them, right? But then the, the elder or the shepherd is going to call you up and go, hey, what happened? Where'd you go? You're not here this Sunday. I haven't seen you in like four weeks. What's going on? And mm-hmm. you'd say, dude, I just can't stand that preacher, whatever. But so what? Okay. Um, but that would be depending on how many complaints he gets, right? Sure. Or how many sure. people are leaving, but if it's multi, if there's 
multiple and multiple people in the congregation not showing up and not coming anymore. I'm I'm certain that the elders would call, would find out, would have lunch with, would whatever. That's their job, right? Their job is to make sure the flock is okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if you have people leaving, right, mm-hmm. which is the job of the shepherd is to bring, you know, you mm-hmm. don't even want to lose one, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're doing in that role, then you're gonna go okay. So, all right, we're going to have an elders meeting because I've lost 10, you've lost five, and he's lost three. Let's figure out what's going on. And then everybody goes, figures out, okay, well, there's something wrong with the pastor. Okay, all right, bring the pastor in. Sorry, man, it's not working out. Right. we got to find somebody else. Sure, yeah. That would be uh, that would be harsh on the pastor, but yeah, you know, is well, it? And, and, but but, but it, here's right? but right. That's that's the thing. You know, it's it's I I do think the con- while I do think the congregation should take into consideration, you know, uh, should be taken into consideration when hiring a preacher. I also I also believe that sometimes you know that the the elders need to take responsibility as well, right? And mm-hmm. say, okay, let's really think about this. What does this congregation actually need? What do they need? What do they need from us, right? And and so so hold on a second, just I one know. second. Okay. Let afterwards. <laughs> so so I, and I think the 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 word shepherd is a descriptor, right, of what that individual should do. So yes, they're out visiting. Yes, they're out making sure people are in good spiritual health. Yes, they're out making sure. Yes, they're keep their their job is to keep the saved saved, right? That's their job, right? My job, I go out, I go out, go plant seeds, go bring people in, go, go try to do whatever I can to persuade people of Jesus. Like that's what, that's what I feel like my talents are. That's where I feel like my job is. Right. But an elder's job is different. And this is where I would say like, and we've talked about this passage before too, but it's in, um, it's in, uh, Ephesians 4, 11. And we've, we've done this one too, to talk about the idea of how, the uh, the leadership work is it and this is where i would say that the leadership is a a horizontal line not a vertical hierarchy right um kind of like what you would have in a catholic church they have a vertical hierarchy you have the pope and then you have this and then you have this then you have this then you have this right so you have all these different categories all these different levels of hierarchy and the final word the final say the final decision always goes through that top dog right? As where the description of the New Testament is everybody working together in unison, right? To build, right? This is what he says. And he gave, right. So this is, and he gave some as apostles and prophets and evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, for the building up of the body of Christ. It's a horizontal line. We're all working together. We all have different talents. It's all the same. We all have different Same goal. Same goal. Yeah. Everybody's using their own talent to help Right. Get to that goal, just like I was talking about with the we were talking about with the sniper, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a really good sniper. I can't hit hit that target from four hundred yards out. Uh, you go for it, buddy. I'll go make some bullets for you because I don't think you can do that. That's yeah. it. <laughs> right. Yeah, All right, sure. Caesar. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, what about <laughs> if it's what if uh, like say there's a certain structure right now? There's there we have their elders, we have our preachers, but you don't think or some people in the congregation don't think that some of the elders are doing a good job at their job. Is there a way to, I don't know, uh, bring it up? Or is there a way to kind of maybe have okay. an elder step down? So, so you're saying my, maybe if I could rephrase it a little bit, mm-hmm. Yeah. but maybe, maybe you're asking, uh, what if an elder is lacking in their job? Yeah. Then since the pastor is the one responsible for the elders, then I think that, the pastor is the one that needs to take care of the problem. But what if the pastor doesn't agree? Well, I can just leave to another church then, right? I don't think the pastor's over, or the preacher's over the elders. I don't think the elders are over the preacher. Right, but it's a discussion that needs to be had at some point, right? Sure. If I mean, and that's, that's I mean, again, that's where you go to First Timothy 5, right? They can't bring up an accusation against an elder. This is why you have to be extremely careful who you appoint. Right. This is how why you have to be extremely careful. This is why Paul leaves that duty to people who know the word. Okay, I know what the word says. I know what kind of quality and characteristic that God says this individual should be, right? In order to hold this position, right? Now it says in the beginning of that, right? 3.1, if any man desires, right? So you would say that the first quality he has to have is a desire to serve as an elder, to des- a desire to serve as a shepherd, a desire to serve as somebody who oversees the sheep. It's not just one guy, right? 
because this is where people get it mixed up. There's a, there's a, there's a plurality of elders, right? There's a, it's important that we discuss that, right? That they're all working together, shepherding different groups of people, shepherding different types of people. And, you know, and that's, you know, you get it mixed up. Like, cause in the Catholic church, you would say, okay, then there's like, you know, the priests are the, el- are the elders and the preacher, right? They would be like, you know, they don't like that term pastor, but that's, you know, but technicality what they are. Um, and I hope I'm not misrepresenting the Catholic faith, but this is what, what I understand about it. Right. And they would be that elder and they would oversee that group of sheep. Right. There might be multiple priests in that, in that right. place. Usually right? there's like two or three priests. Yeah. Right? And then yeah. there's usually like a couple of different bishops. Right. And then, mm-hmm. And then the archbishop, and then cardinal, and then pope, right? So I might be wrong on that. The bishops might be if they're if they're, if they're you know, um, bishops are the ones that are kind of telling the priests this is the direction to go in. Right, right. So the priests that might be like the preachers or the or the ministers, or right? The the ministers, okay. right? Yeah, that's and what the, I would presume. Yeah. Um, what? I got a cramp. My hamstrings all cramping up on me over here. Go it's ahead. Like, <laughs> I, I know. I, I'm not very, I'm not extremely astute in the ways of You just looked at me funny when I went. <laughs> it was just odd to see your face like that. Uh, so anyway, I'm not very astute in Catholicism and the structure they're in, but I do know that it, it is bishop or priest, bishop, archbishop, bishop, cardinal, pope. I mean, then I understand right. that. And each one of those is is usually like it, it, it's almost like the school system, mm-hmm. where it's like okay, you've got your teachers, and then the person above that who's like you know the principal, right, or the principal of multiple schools, and then you go further up, and then they're now they're in charge of the the, yeah, the superintendent country, right, <laughs> and then you go above that, and it's in the global, right. Yeah. I mean, it's basically what we're talking about here, right, right. It's a hierarchy, but it's not meant to be like that. My, uh, my understanding is it's not meant to be no, a hierarchy, not, not but that's the way that people structure it. That's that's more of a uh, business model than it is a church model. Well, I right? mean, it, you know, if you kind of look at why Christians, I guess the today's today's term Christian versus Catholic, mm-hmm. right? What happened back then was that that, that Whenever they were splitting, it was a clear issue of a hierarchy taking advantage of people who couldn't read. Sure. Right. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's what was going on. And so well, that's why there was a split. And the split was the, the Christian church versus the Catholicism. Right. And at the at the time, and still still to this day, like, even if, when you go to the Vatican and you see all the stuff that they have. Yeah. Like, how do they get all this stuff? Mm. So it's, it's extremely amazing, the stuff that they have. Right. Right, and it's all just money, mm. and so I don't know. For me personally, I mean, when I was at the Vatican, I was like, "Oh man, this is." I just felt like how wrong it is to mislead somebody, take their money, and take their valuables, mm. and then purchase something or steal something or take something based upon the fact that you're trying to you know believe in this because that's that's how you get saved, right? So pay yeah. me money. And it's like it just felt wrong. Yeah, and 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 I and to be honest with you, a priest would probably argue against me with what I just said, but that's what I see in the text, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because they're as far as I understand, I don't want to. Don't get me wrong, I don't want to misrepresent their organization. Sure. But as far as I understand, um, their their job. You know, we can always get a Catholic. <laughs> we should, yeah, That'd we should get a Catholic priest. I mean, hey, can, there's a Catholic church right next door. I'm I could sure see we if can that ask. priest would come. Why not? Yeah, we'll that'd be cool. Maybe we'll do opinion. that sometime. Well, I think it'd be good. We can ask them their opinion. They can tell what it is, and then instead of instead of beating them up over it, just yeah. let them have their ideas and let's hear it. Sure. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be. Good. I don't want to debate. I just want to understand it. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't right. think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Right. Okay, we'll do that. All right. You got any more questions? Or are you done? Uh, um, got no more questions. Oh wow! Uh, wow! Okay. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> that about was that. a lot. That was a <laughs> lot to talk about. That that was fun. Um, you know, it's it's always interesting to you know take a look at your model and understand what it is that you're you're trying to accomplish, what your role is, what your position is, what your gifts are, um, and and trying to figure out how you fit in the grand scheme of the, of 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 you know what we're trying to do on this earth, and that's to make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? 
that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to spread the kingdom of God on this earth. And, um, you know, everybody has a different type of role. So don't get discouraged if you're not a, uh, not a hand and you're just a toenail. Okay. <laughs> well, I think it's important that, you know, if, if you do feel encouraged or you do want to be a part of it, then just start asking questions and getting involved in the church. I mean, that's what's important because you should be involved. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's one of the things that every church needs is somebody involved. I'm not saying take over, right? right? Not a hostile takeover, but hey, what can I do to help out? How yeah, can what I, can I do to serve? What yeah. can I do to be a part of it? Where I'm good at this, do you need that? Right? Sure. Yeah, and this was not. And it, you know, I hope it didn't sound like we were bashing elders because we really weren't. We were just talking. You know, uh, we were just talking about what we see biblically. And so, um, of course, I think our elders at Tulare are doing a great job. They're they're doing work with people. They're <laughs> they're doing the best that they that they possibly can. And I know elders all over the state of California and all over the world are doing what they can to try to help and serve people. So that's all we got for you today. Yeah. So. Thank you for listening, wherever you may be and however you may have listened to us. And we'll see you on the back pew.